Right now, it is Tech Tuesday, which is when we bring in our tech guy, Carmi Levy, to talk about some of the big stories of the week. Good morning, Carmi. Good morning, John. Great to be back. Okay, so I was following along yesterday the latest numbers of people who are being let go from tech companies, and I began wondering, okay, I guess I've got to ask Carmi about this. Why are the big companies like Google letting people go? Well, the numbers are definitely scary, like five figures in all cases. So Google owned by Alphabet. Alphabet's getting rid of 12,000 people. Amazon, 18,000. Microsoft, 10,000. Meta, a couple months ago, laid off 11,000. Just yesterday, Spotify got rid of 6% of its workforce. And basically, they're all saying, and Mark Zuckerberg admitted this early on, that they they were over-enthusiastic when they hired at the beginning of the pandemic. Remember, we were all in lockdown in March 2020. Uh, we all started using all of our digital tools to keep in touch, to work remotely, to order dinner, uh, to shop. And so all these companies had to basically panic hire in order to meet all of this new demand. And they simply got too big too fast. And of course, now that the pandemic, it's not over, but we're sort of on the far side of it. The demand isn't there. It's not growing the same degree to the same degree. So they've got to cut back. And the interesting thing here, and I, here is, I looked at the numbers, is that Microsoft, for example, is about 160,000 people worked for the company globally just before the pandemic hit. That went up to above 220,000 just after uh, that, that sort of wave of hiring finished. And so now they're getting rid of 10,000 people. Amazon went from 1.3 million to 1.6 million, and they're generating headlines because they're they're firing 18,000 people. So they're still much larger than they were beforehand, but they are kind of right-sizing, recognizing, oops, we probably hit the gas pedal a bit too much on hiring. We've got to dial back a bit, but we're still healthier than we were three years ago. In the unintended consequences department, at least that's what I'm figuring this story is about, we have hackers basically exploiting California's digital license plates. First of all, how are they different from license plates we see elsewhere? So they're not, you know, they're not just this metal, you know, plate that you stick on your car. It's an actual screen. Anyone who has a, an Amazon Kindle or a Kobo with that e-ink display, that's what it is. It's an electronic e-ink display that's actually connected. It's wirelessly reachable. So the message can change. When it expires, it'll show expired. If the car is stolen, uh, yeah. the police or you can send it a message saying the car has been stolen. Um, and, it, and you can put customized messages on it as well, which sounds really cool, but it's it's 20 bucks a month or 25 bucks a month, depending on whether you get the wired or the wireless version. Um, it does make it easier to renew your vehicle registration, but I've said this before with you, is that when it, whenever you turn something dumb into something smart and you make it a connected device, you make it hackable. And that's what researchers have discovered. These are good guys. Don't worry. It hasn't been hacked. But but white hat hackers did some tests to see, hmm, could we get into the system? And sure enough, they were able to, to uh, get into the, the back end by using a connection on the website. And they were able to show the makers of this, of this, uh, this technology co company called Reviver, uh, they were able to just explain to them exactly where the weaknesses were and they gave suggestions on how to fix them. So it's been fixed. But would I spend 25 bucks a month so my license plate could be hacked? I'm not so sure. Meanwhile, I was signing on to Instagram yesterday and it offered me quiet mode and I thought, what is that? Why would I need it? It's uh, designed to help you focus and set boundaries. So basically when you turn quiet mode on, you just go into the settings and turn it on or say yes when it asks you. 
Uh, it'll turn off all notifications so that whenever anybody likes one of your uh, photos or videos or whenever anyone leaves a comment, uh, they're going to get an, an, uh, basically like an out of office message that says your profile uh, has been set to quiet mode uh, and, and, uh, and, you know, we'll please try later. So, you know, you know, we've seen this before. You have it on email, you have it on other kind of in office apps, but not really on social media and Instagram. Of course, we know that uh, they have been working. They've been getting a lot of criticism over the past number of years about the mental health impact of using this app too much on teens. So even though you and I and anyone else can use the app, doesn't matter how old you are, they really are focusing on teens, recognizing that it does compromise their mental health if they overuse it or abuse it. And now users in the US, the UK, Canada, Ireland, Australia, and New Zealand are part of a test to see how it works. And if it goes well here, they'll roll it out globally. And this next story could become a news event. Uh, the sun apparently has a great big spot on it right now. So is that going to give us a wave of electromagnetic energy? It could. Uh, it's known as AR3190. And the way the sun works is what is a sunspot is a spot on the surface of the sun that's somewhat cooler than areas around it. And sunspots are correlated to very high levels of if it explodes, it'll cause a solar storm. It'll cause potentially a coronal mass ejection, which which really cool from our perspective will get aurora in the atmosphere. It'll send these charged particles toward the Earth, which sounds amazing, but it can also disrupt GPS. It can disrupt satellite uh, communications. It can make our internet go down. It can do all sorts of nasty things to the technology that we require to connect. I was around in Quebec in 1989 when the yeah. power grid went down because of a solar storm. Um, no one was around in the 1800s during the Carrington event when telegraph poles were literally fried because of a similar solar event. But this is the biggest solar spot that researchers have seen in a very long time. Um, and they are saying that it's definitely something they want to watch. It's right now, no danger. But if it does uh, create a solar storm or a coronal mass ejection, um, we may be going back to paper for a little bit. Carmi, I was also in Quebec. It was my first year as a reporter when we had that solar storm. And so the most amazing thing was that we get the solar wave and it blasts out all the long lines that Hydro-Quebec had. So the whole mm -hmm. province goes dark. But the thing is, because the province went dark and because a solar flare is what creates the northern lights, I ran outside of the radio station and looked up at the sky and it was magnificent. Probably the best aurora, and I remember because I was still a journalism student then, and I remember being called into my newsroom in the middle of the night. My parents woke me up, my phone rang, that worked. Uh, and I remember standing on the lawn with them, staring up in wonder. I'd never seen the aurora before, and this apparently was the most active aurora that Quebec had ever seen. And so, uh, you know, absolutely beautiful, but especially today, compared to 1989, we rely so much more heavily on our technology today to be connected than we were then. So it's a much much bigger deal now and uh it could be significantly damaging to the economy if a major solar storm does occur in 2023 thank you sir good to have you thanks so much john that's our tech expert carmy levy